Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, a part of the amazing FBA family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven figure exit and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Today's episode is sponsored by the new e-commerce podcast, The E-Commerce Leader, co-hosted by myself, Michael Vizi, and Jason Miles, top 1% Shopify store owner and Unimi's highest rated e-commerce instructor. If you're the owner of a thriving e-commerce business, look for The E-Commerce Leader on your favorite podcast app and subscribe today. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the 10K Collective Podcast, the place to be for six, seven and eight figure Amazon sellers, or should I say six, seven, eight figure e-commerce sellers who happen to sell on Amazon in honor of our guest today, Ben Lennon. So Ben is a fantastic guy all around. We've just done an amazing episode all about business scaling and some really, I think, counterintuitive or very under talked about lessons there. So Ben has an incredible background. He's built and sold a seven-figure e-commerce brand and runs a brokerage now along with his partner, Alison Walker, who's such a great person as well. We've had on the podcast a couple of times. We'll have again. And it's really based on twin pillars. Ben's real-life lived experience as a business grower and seller, brand creator and seller, you could say. And Alison's two decades, which is pretty serious, of mergers and acquisition experience. And of course, her expertise as an e-commerce accounting specialist. So a perfect person to talk to in 2021 when everyone's trying to sell their business. So Ben, welcome back to the show, first of all. Hi, thanks for having me back. Great to see you again. So let's dig into the selling thing. As we talked about scaling and many fantastic lessons, which would make your business a lot more sellable, but they're sellable and then there's actually a decision to sell. So first question I've got is the obvious one, which is why would you sell when you were so good, obviously, at building a brand that was so popular with your users that you were enjoying by the sound of it, building, and you had a real knack for building. Why did you decide to sell? Yeah, it's a great question. It was a head versus heart decision. I loved my brand. I still do love the brand. And it made sense for me at the time. At the time I made the decision to sell, my wife was pregnant and we were going to move house. And it just made sense to take money off the table from a, a, you know, a security point of view. You've then got the fact that the business was growing at an incredible rate and doing very well. And it was becoming pretty obvious that I was going to need to significantly expand the team in order for me to keep up. And it's not something that I particularly wanted to do at the time. And I felt like it was the right point to sell. I was told during the whole process where I was thinking about it, I, I got a really good piece of advice from my dad. And he, he doesn't lay claim to this quote. He got it somewhere else, which was sell at the point of, of maximum romance or peak romance which basically means sell at the point where you kind of think, you know what, this might be huge. Because if it is going to be huge, then that's going to play a significant role in your earnout, right? Because it could continue performing well. And if you're on an upward trajectory, that's going to significantly contribute to a good valuation. But if it doesn't, and it doesn't go quite as well as you might think it might, then you've got out at the right time. I think that if if the brand hadn't been my first business, suppose it was my second or third, I'd already taken money off the table, we were at a different point of life, then perhaps given my passion for the brand, I may have kept it going. But uh, it just it simply made sense for me and my family at the time. 
Interesting. So I guess, and this is one of the things that comes across having spoken to a lot of business brokers recently, one-to-one, just privately, and also interviewed a number for the podcast. This is one of the themes that really is it's important for the business owners to think about the sort of less metrics-driven stuff, I guess, like, you know, does it make sense in your life? And I love that sell at the point of peak romance. I, I love the, the fact that you're also playing two sides with that, that if it goes well, your rent out is good and it's a really attractive proposition. If it doesn't actually pay out the way it should have done, well, you've got your money, I guess. So you've, you've You've already got the the payoff banked. So what would you say to somebody who's wanting to sell their business? You're now in this sort of broker role, but you've been that person selling very recently. What would you say to somebody who's considering it? It sounds almost like a closing question, but let's just open that up first. Sure. By considering it, it's almost as if the person has answered their own question in the sense that if you're considering selling, sounds to me like you probably want to sell or you think it's the right time to sell. I'm sorry if that comes across as a bit of a cop-out answer, but I, I honestly believe it to be the truth. I didn't start thinking about selling until I really started to think, you know what, I, I think I need to sell. It's not the kind of thing that crosses your mind until it's time to sell or or you have a, a good idea that it's going to be a time to sell in X number of months. Now, having said that, that's not quite the same. I, I do People will be screaming at me, listen to this. That's not quite the same as you know, when you're building a business to sell, you know, you know that you want to exit in six months, a year, two years, right? Slightly different. But if you're running your business and you're, you're now getting to the point where, you know, what, I think it, it's, it's time to sell or it will be time to sell in a year or two years, I think you know the answer to that question. Then it's just a case of preparing and getting your business set up to sell. Interesting. Yeah, interesting psychological insight. So the fact that you're having the thought tells you that it might be time to at least you know, prepare it for that. That's that's very, very interesting. Yeah, preparation is the key word. It might not be the time to sell like this instant, but it's definitely, it's never too early to start preparing to sell. To start, even if you think you will never, ever, ever sell, you should be setting up your business to be ready to sell. Okay, it's never too early to prepare to sell. Because, because a business that is set up well to sell is neat and tidy and organized and easy easier to run. And just, you know, we've done it in the process of, getting businesses better prepared and organized and neat and tidy on, on all aspects, whether it's the e-commerce operations or whether it's the financials. The happy side effect is the business suddenly scales. Yeah. There's a book that I'm, it's very early in the, in the episode to be recommending books, but I'm going to do it I anyway. I love books. No, recommend them. If you'll forgive me. There's a book by John Warrillow called Built to Sell. The one I have it on myself. And yeah. it's a great book. So everybody go and get it. You can get great stuff on Amazon, I've heard. Beast gear, apparently. Yeah, absolutely. Built to sell. Yeah, I mean, so I think there's an interesting um, nuance to that because a lot of people didn't necessarily start to sell. And we, we talked about that last episode. People are a bit confused about why they're in business. They started because it seemed like a good idea. They maybe got into it because it felt like they were pitched into it as a replacement for the day job. And then maybe it was, mm. maybe it kind of wasn't, but they're in the fight and they're not quite sure why. So yeah, I think the honest truth is that you don't have to start building to sell, but you can rebuild or tweak the thing that always strikes me about the preparing to sell thing is really simply this i guess what you're doing is making the business more attractive to whoever owns it in the future and if that happens to still be you then it's going to be better to own in the future and as you say as a side effect which is a pretty massive side effect is it scales more easily so yeah those those are huge things so i guess what we're saying is there's no real downside to preparing to sell but let's talk about the selling process then so obviously you made a decision to sell for sort of personal Mm -hmm. reasons what did you do next and what did you think was good about that and what would you do again and what would you not do again? So it's important to to talk about time because the way the e-commerce space looked only two years ago, right? I made the decision to sell 
almost exactly two years ago. It was the end of January 2019. And I made the decision to sell and the e-commerce landscape in terms of all the aggregators, the big VC firms buying up e-commerce businesses wasn't there at that point. It was just, just beginning. Uh, a, a somewhat famous company that everyone's heard of now called Thrasio existed, but they weren't really going direct or put or marketing uh, in the way that they are now. And, and the copycats hadn't come around yet. So I made the decision to sell and I did a bit of Googling and I found a broker. And I knew someone that had sold a business and they'd sold to a private individual and also to another small, they'd sold two businesses, one to a private individual, one to a small business, another small business through this very same broker. I went to the broker, I had a conversation with them, found out how it worked and what their fee structure was and started the process of letting them have access to the various accounts uh, that I was selling through, the sales channels that I was selling through. And they went through the process of building out their uh, super duper spreadsheet, which would show my uh, my profit and loss. This was, in, I, you know, I already had uh, my accounts all done by my fantastic accountant, Alison. And then they would find me a buyer. The whole process ended up taking a lot longer than I would have liked. How long did that take you then? What, what was it? What was it you were expecting and what was it you got? <laughs> Well, the, the deal was done. I was expecting a few months and the, the broker, that particular broker didn't have a lot of experience with selling a, a UK company. And for whatever reason, they got themselves tied up in quite a few knots and their process took a, a lot longer than we would have wanted. And we entered to potential buyers until September. This was after I'd contacted them in the February. Uh, potential buyer was found in September. Letter of intent was received. Due diligence was done. And the deal was done at the end of October. So it took a lot longer than I wanted, but there was a happy side effect, which was that this whole time it was taking longer than I wanted. I was continuing to grow the business and all that extra growth was adding value. So, yeah, swings and roundabouts. The business continues to grow. So, yeah, where do we even go from here? I mean, I think there's there's two things, really. I mean, the, the first question is, is it actually good to take a few months to sell? It's certainly good to to get it right. There's a balance to be found, right? And I'm afraid that some of my answers to these questions, just by their nature, are are going to be a little bit sitting on the fence, as I'm afraid, because no businesses, no two businesses are the same. And and not only that, but the wants and needs of sellers are not the same. So one seller might wish to exit very quickly. Another seller might wish to take a lot longer. It depends on the complexity of the business. If you have a very complex business with multiple sales channels, very, very many SKUs, and quite a lot of uh, nuanced aspects to it, it will take longer, not only for the broker to do their side, but also for the potential buyer to do their due diligence. And of course, they need to do very thorough due diligence. No one is going to buy a business without understanding every single thing and, and, and you know turning over every stone and looking at every nook and cranny. So that will take longer but it's worth it at the end of the day. Yeah, and I guess it's a weird thing about sort of hurry up and wait is what they say in, in the acting uh, world because I know a lot of people from sort of past life in that. And and I guess there is something about, on the one hand, making a decision and moving on it, and on the other hand, recognising that, that detail is important for value, I guess. It's the same with the IP idea, right? The IA lawyer to painful, precise stuff. So interesting okay so yeah how long's a piece of string went about that so tell me about tell me about the stuff that you would do again so you've talked about your experience and what happened what would you do again and what would you change as from the, the seller side i guess so I, I sold with the broker and they were okay they found they found me a buyer and, and i hadn't heard of this buyer to be fair but there was 
there were all things lacking. And this is what Alison, my business partner, Econ Brokers, and I kind of realized and we put our heads together when we decided to, to create Econ Brokers. Really, they and most of the other brokers are just middlemen. And there's nothing wrong with being a middleman. There's nothing wrong with selling shovels to the gold rush, right? There's nothing wrong with anything that they do per se. We just felt like we could do a better job in terms of my lived experience as an e-commerce business owner, understanding what it's like to put your blood, sweat and tears into your e-commerce business. And then there's the financial side. Alison's got tons and tons of experience in mergers and acquisitions. She was involved in mergers and acquisitions of some pretty massive pharmaceutical companies. And she is a specialist e-commerce accountant. And, and when you marry those two things together, we felt like we could offer more to the sellers in terms of understanding what they're doing and how their business works and also offering a little bit more of a service. So, you know, a lot of the brokers, they, they just sort of list your business on their website, as it were. And, and that's, that's sort of fine, but we can offer a little bit more in terms of working with sellers over a period of time, could be six months, could be a year, could be longer, to help them get built to sell. And that can be in sort of both a sort of we'll do it with you kind of service or we'll sort of audit your business if you like and put together like an assessment report of your business and, and, and send you on your way with things you can do and then you can come back to us. So we kind of offer a bit more on that side, which is why we, we feel like we're doing a bit different. And of course, there, there's no one significant in the UK or Europe in the e-commerce brokerage space anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I guess it's a very American dominated thing. And it's um, interesting that some of the buyers are coming out of the woodwork and approaching me personally that are UK based, but the brokers are, it's true. And they haven't really kind of been hammering my email inbox in the way that the buyers have, which is interesting development. And yeah, I suppose what you're saying is that really there's nothing wrong with having a middleman as long as you know as the seller that that's what you're getting. And if they have lists and if they understand yes. the nature of the asset you have, for example, UK based business, UK limited company structure and how that impacts the sale, whether you're doing asset sale or selling company, all those sorts of things. I guess that's an important thing. It's a match between who you are and what you have and th their abilities. You implied that, you know, you, you didn't experience such a good, good uh, thing there. But then also the fact that you guys are really offering a sort of building with you or, or at least telling you what to do service, which is quite different. So it's a more blended broker meets consultancy. Is, is that a summary of what you're mm, doing that's that's kind of fair I, I would say it's that we have the classic somebody might come to us and they're ready to sell now or ready to get the ball rolling on selling right or somebody might come to us and say hey this is my business i, I kind of think i'd like to sell it for x in you know a year or a year and a half or whatever and very often we can take a look under the hood under the bonnet and work with them to get to bring things get it into shape and find that actually we can realize their goals much much faster because of our, our dual experience on both sides. And then, and then we kind of have two, two ways that people come into us. They, they come into us from my consulting. They might, might be my clients. They come into us from Alison's accounting firm. They might be her clients. Or then they, they, they naturally find us and, and find that you know, we're the right people to help them move things forward and, and, and get their business built to sell and then, and then sell it for the right mm. amount of money. So you were talking about what brokers are and, and you know, obviously you were saying brokers in some ways are just middlemen. You've got the lived experience, obviously, Alison, which I only knew from talking to you because she's so modest, had two decades of mergers and acquisitions and we can't name the companies for legal reasons, I guess, but some huge household names involved. So yes. really super smart and very modest lady. Fantastic. Exactly what you want from an accountant. Sharper as attack and low ego. That's just perfect. So clearly you guys offer a lot of stuff. Now, the, the other question that comes up, though, is, OK, but why don't I just go direct? There are a lot of aggregators or business buyers, some of them quite small, some VC backed. So there's a variety of people that are literally getting in touch with me week by week now. So why would you choose in that context as a business 
owner and potential seller to go with the broker and not go direct to a, a business buyer? Yep, it's a fair question. And and, and I, I'm a bit biased because I'm now operating in this space. But it, it does sadden me when people, regardless of, of, of being a broker or not, when people get this wrong, because it, it, it seems to be an, me an odd one. We happily spend money in our business hiring experts to do X, Y, Z, whether it's a PPC consultant or whether it's somebody to write our copy or whatever, or it's a social media manager. But then we don't do it with our most valuable asset, which is our business itself. And you're only going to screw it up. If you think running a business is hard, try going through the process of selling it and then juggling the running of your business, which you're trying to keep running, if not growing, without you know messing it up and the selling process at the same time, you're going to drop one of those balls. What, what you need to do is accept that you know selling your business is a huge, potentially life-changing event and you need experienced, specialized people to help you with that. And ideally, they need to have experience on all sides of the equation, owning and running e-commerce businesses, selling e-commerce businesses, accountancy for e-commerce and brokering deals. With, with a broker, you're, you know, you're more likely to get a higher price for your business and experience more, a more smooth and successful exit. You know, without a broker, frequently deals fall through. You're open to giving away your business to buyers for less than you basically you deserve. You've put your blood, sweat and tears into this. You've been up at silly o'clock sending emails to Seller Central, right? You've, uh, you've missed important events in order to, to keep your business ticking over. You need to, to, to get the experts to do it, I think. Yeah, it's an interesting point about the expert hiring sort of mentality that you mentioned when you were scaling the business and the fact that with a lawyer, you, you don't know what you don't know and you hired somebody and they did stuff and it didn't look very dramatic. You spent a lot of money on IP protection and then the following year, probably partly yeah. by chance, but because these things do actually happen, you got sued and, and got through it. I guess there's a similar sort of dynamic with uh, with having somebody focusing on the actual preparation of the business for sale, as you say, as opposed to preparing it, uh, as opposed to running it day to day, right? So you've kind of delegated the responsibility to somebody else to some degree. Yes, you hit the nail on the head with something with, with the whole thing. But very specifically, you said, you don't know what you don't know. And when you try and sell direct, you're potentially giving away hundreds of thousands of pounds or dollars because you don't know what you don't know because the buyer is getting a discount for your lack of knowledge uh, when you go direct because there's not going to be a proper calculation of your seller's discretionary earnings or your EBITDA. There's not going to be proper add backs. I spoke about that in the last episode. That's where you add back things that the new owner is not going to have to pay for. So that can include your own payroll. Many people, when they're doing it themselves, they'll make the mistake of putting your payroll back on, but not the taxes, Right. So if you're paying, you know, several thousand pounds in taxes, right, and then you have a, a three times multiplier. If you're paying, you know, even if you're only paying, you know, five thousand pounds in in tax, well, three x multiplier is fifteen thousand pounds. You know, that's a lot of money that, that you're just giving away. There's no competition because you've just gone direct to so and so. So they're just going to offer you whatever they want. There's going to be probably be a poor deal structure. You know, you're selling your business in order to to get free and focus your mind fully on your next project. You're not selling your business to become the employee, inverted commas, of the of the new owner, right? Yes, there's going to be a transition period where you help them understand your business for a period of time after you've sold it, but you don't want a deal structure where you're ridiculously tied in to helping them run your business, or you're not going to get your money. You know, people make mistakes in the sense that they've they've got cash accounts, and you know, cash accounts are the, are, are the dream of the the aggregator buyer who goes direct because they they can get a massive discount for that. Whereas if you've gone to 
uh, a broker who's also a specialized accountant, you can make sure you've got accrual accounts, yeah? So there's, you know, you hit the nail on the head with you you don't know what you don't know. Look, I would always say to people a very simple thing, which is, look, if people who are expert, as you guys are really expert in a lot of ways and developing, a, you know, rapidly specialized kind of expertise, blending the consulting of, you know, very powerful initial backgrounds that you and Alison separately have, and then creating what is effectively a kind of slightly unique business model. And that's a consultancy slash bro brokerage, which I know that there's some guys in America who do that, but I don't know anyone else in the UK who's doing that. And it will probably mm. exist, but you guys certainly have the chops for it. But put it this way. I mean, if somebody like that is willing to talk to you for free, just like if a lawyer or an accountant of any caliber is willing to talk to you for free, I would get on the phone because you're going to learn stuff. You are bound to learn stuff. I think there's really no downside to talking to somebody with this kind of expertise. Um, and I would just absolutely urge, and I do, I do privately, I do publicly, I do it in on the podcast, I do it, you know, one-to-one -one for people in the mastermind. I urge them to get on the phone to brokers. I'm like, go and educate yourself about this stuff. It's complex. You need to talk to experts and willing to talk to you for free or consult for a modest fee. That doesn't mean you're selling away part of your business. Just get it done. And I think it's for me a no-brainer. And I, I'm really passionate about that. Just like pretty shortly after talk to your accountant more frequently is go and talk to a business broker. And mm. all buyers. I mean, talk to all of them is what I would say. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, go and talk direct to the buyers. Absolutely do that. You know, we don't have a problem telling people to go and do that because it's important that people get educated and then come to us and we'll do we'll do a better job of it and get you more money for it, But frankly. Yeah. But, you know, it's important. One of the main things is ignorance. Even if you don't think you're going to sell your business or in the near future, but you, you say you have a figure in your head and you, I want to sell in a year or two years for X. You need to, to understand how you're going to get there. You need to know where you are now. To know where you are now, you need to know what your business is worth now. So it's a very good idea to talk to an expert to find out what your business is worth now. And that's not just a sort of a, a back of a fag packet calculation. Well, this is my profit. So if we times that by three, it's worth this. Because when you do that, you're missing out all the opportunities that, that we know about to add to your value without actually having to grow your sales or revenue. There's a lot of things that you can do. For example, I'll give away one now. Suppose you've got a product and you actually increased the price, you know, nine months ago. And when you increased the price, you didn't see a drop in rank or a drop in sales. In fact, all that's happened is revenue has gone up as a result of putting an extra pound or an extra dollar on the price. You can legitimately, because you've gone to the effort of doing that, you can legitimately back calculate that, add that in so that your entire 12 months trailing profit reflects that new price, which then boosts your value because you've gone and done that work and your buyer is going to benefit from that. So it's only fair that they pay you for that. Yeah, it's exactly. I mean, so there's, it's a, a little bit like, I suppose everyone's very, very familiar with creating physical products and packaging them. And the way you package them and position them can make a huge difference the money you make from them. And yeah, packaging costs a bit of money just as a broker costs a bit of money or consulting does. But if you pay an extra pound or an extra dollar fifty for some packaging and you can sell it for an extra five bucks, that's an amazing trade-off. And, and I think that people need to start, and I, I'm on this journey myself and not so much you know trying to sell a business at the moment but but educating myself about how to see a business asset as a packaged product and just like for any market even the business to business the the way you position it the way you package it that the the features you emphasize really change the selling price and we're all very 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 familiar with that with physical products like 101 for amazon sellers but i think the fact that it applies in business context is becoming increasingly clear and i think you've just put your finger on that so look we we've got to let you go because we've, we've taken enough of your 
obviously very valuable time. If I could get you on the phone for free, I certainly would. I'm lucky enough to have a podcast. I get to pick your brains for free as well. But if people mm -hmm. want to go and pick your brains, because they're considering selling a business, even I guess not in the near future, how do people get in touch with you and, and how does that work? Sure. Yeah. So you can email me, ben at ecombrokers.co.uk. You can email Alison at ecombrokers.co.uk. You can go to ecombrokers.co.uk and click on the big yellow button that says sell your business and we'll figure out how much it's worth for you. And you can get a free ebook telling you all about how to sell your business. If you go to ecombrokers.co.uk slash amazing FBA, you'll get a free ebook there. Otherwise, you can get me on all the main social media channels. My handle is Ben Leonard Pro. Great. And just to check spellings, Ecom Brokers with one M? Yep, Ecom one okay. M. And Ben yep. Leonard, L-E-O-N-A-R-D, right? Yep, Ecom Brokers, one M, Ben Leonard, L-E-O-N-A-R-D. Great. Well, look, Ben, it's been a real pleasure to talk to you. You're a man full of energy. I can really see now more than ever. And we've talked a bit, but the, the luxury of a podcast where it's one-on-one -on -one time, you get to ask questions. It's great. You have so much passion. I can see why you're branded so well. And I think you're going to be serving the, the business sellers in this space very, very well. So I'd urge anyone who's even considering it to get in touch with great brokers and, and Ben's right at the top of my list. So Ben, it's been a real pleasure to talk to you. Thanks so much for coming on the show and, and sharing so much wisdom. Thanks so much for listening to the 10K Collective podcast, part of the family of amazing FBA podcasts. Today's episode is sponsored by the new e-commerce podcast, The E-Commerce Leader. The podcast is hosted by yours truly and Jason Miles, multi-million dollar Shopify owner and Unimi's highest rated e-commerce instructor. If you're the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be, it's got your name on it. For free guides and mini courses on many topics, go to www.theecommerceleader.com.